let's talk about movies with Reggie the Real Critic Ponder, Matt Fagerholm from Indie Outlook and RogerEbert.com. And joining us in a special triumvirate of criticism, it's Gabe Mendoza. Awesome. I'm so happy to have all three of you here. Trifecta with me. today. The trifecta. Oh my gosh. There's we will not leave one critical stone unturned today. <laughs> uh, let's uh, jump right into the box office, gentlemen, if that's all right with you. Uh, the Girl. the people have spoken and they want to be scared. Girl. Jamie Lee. Girl. Jamie Lee. Girl, all I wanted to say is, hey, 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 look who we got in the studio. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. In the studio? In the studio. That's my critic for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> my critic for a minute, dude, came in the studio. You talking about being scared, scared to Halloween didn't scare me. He's ex- he exists. He's real. He's three dimensional. We got game in the his house. Oh, oh my goodness! Love I love coming up. So I, I, if I could do it, I will do it more often. I promise you, I would. You should. So so, so Gabe, number one at the box office was Halloween. Yes. It, it did uh, like seventy million that first week, and mm-hmm. then the second week it did another thirty-one, almost thirty-two million. Did you see this one? I did, and you should mention also. I think it was the number one film uh, to gross on Halloween. I think it brought in like five and a half million. Um, uh, this past week, so it's actually doing really good. I saw it. I liked it a lot. Obviously, there's some there's some things about it that are kind of goofy. Like, how does like Michael Myers keep finding all these homes and like he doesn't have GPS? He's been locked yeah, away wait. for forty years. But I mean, that aside, it, it's a fun, entertaining movie. Uh, I, I like the end of it. I, I was pretty satisfied with the the project itself and how it was delivered. So I, I think, you know, people want catharsis. Too. People want catharsis. They want to see her go against her attacker. They want to cheer her on. I I ended. I I did. I I, I joined the audience in cheering her on by the yeah, end of it. Yeah, me too. Happy Halloween, Michael. I mean, it's a great moment. <laughs> yeah. Great moment. Did, the, did the baby at the movie theater enjoy? Also, <laughs> so we're talking about off air that this woman brought her infant child. Oh my God. Who was screaming at the the early part the movie which drove me and my wife just absolutely nuts uh, thankfully, thankfully she was courteous enough to take her baby out but then she ended up coming back but the baby was I guess asleep but yeah don't Jill, do that people please Jill, don't do that Jill you and I talk about starting the studio this sounds like a movie called Newborn spent $50 at the theater to only have it ruined by a Baby new oh my goodness, that that's scary in and of itself. I'd watch that movie. Yeah. I'd watch that movie with somebody else's baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so coming in at, at number two at the box office is *The Stars Born*. Mm. Um, it, it's been the number two movie it, for quite it, some it time. It has just been right there, yeah. and, and this just tells you about word of mouth. This movie only decreased uh, about twenty six percent, so yeah. really good. We just got through talking about *Venom*, and it's really good to have. Um, have Gabe here in the, in the studio because I, I said it was a serviceable movie. I, I, I liked it. I think I gave it two, two and a half. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, Gabe seemed to have liked it a little bit better than me. And so I, I'd like to get your thought on if you, out of that four point scale, uh, what would you have given this one? Uh, I probably not two and a half, three, maybe more leaning towards three because how awful people said it was. Like I think uh, Rotten Tomatoes had it pretty low on their on their uh, response scale, and some of the the no, I think they actually did pretty well on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, but then a lot of the critics kind of bashed it, and and I think that uh, going into it, I was expecting the worst. I really thought it was going to be like awful bad or like um, Fun Time Murders. 
Uh, I saw that. That's awful, and people got that right. But Happy thought, Time Murders is the worst film of the year. Yeah, it, oh, it is, all, the, it is worst the worst film of the, film year. of the year. Yeah. So I thought it was going to be that bad, and I believe in Tom Hardy and his uh, skills and his decisions and, and, and choices and the films that he makes. So when I went to it and I saw it, I was expecting the worst, and I came out really surprised and satisfied with the, the entire spectacle uh, of this uh, of this character. So I, I liked it a lot more than a lot of other people, but I it's not it's not my favorite. But it, like I said, it's a great sort of end of summer, you know, uh, action. <laughs> the summer movie. never ends anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. summer's 12 months a year. And, and, and again, I, I thought they did a good job of just uh, setting up the next movie. Uh, yes. Uh, from a scary perspective, um, so... Uh, is the nun still around? No, no. <laughs> the, the nun, nun never goes away. I, that's really interesting that you would add, speak about the nun because the nun came in at twenty five over over that over the ho- Halloween weekend. It, they they actually took two hundred and eighty eight screens off for the nun. So I, I was surprised. I actually thought they probably add some screens, but they took about two hundred eighty eight. But number four at the box office was Goosebumps, um, mm. which um, I, I knew it would do decent during that time. They did some good. Uh, marketing for it, and I thought in in terms of placing it, uh, they did a w- good job as well. So it did another seven million at at the box office. And the new ones that came out didn't really fare all that well. Hunter, Hunter Killer came in at number six. Uh, Johnny English Strikes Again came in at number twelve, and then Indivisible came in at number thirteen. The only other movie that I'd like to mention just really quickly is uh, The Hate You Give because I had yes. not seen it. I, I I hadn't seen it, Matt, and so we talked about it, yes. and uh, wow, powerful. Amanda uh, Stenberg, Oscar nomination. It, that's what I want to see. You, you know, you know, that's really interesting that you say that because I think did a, did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm forgetting the father's name at this. Oh, moment. Oh yes. Oh no, he, we're gonna find the father's he, name because that's, that's a great performance he, too. His performance. He was in Fences. Too. Yeah, yeah. His performance was. Was it Anthony un- Mackie? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. An- Anthony Mackie was, was it, his name. Was it coming? Ne- was his <laughs> name? No. What's interesting is that everybody in that film did a good job. Yeah. But the um, man, why am I drawing a blank on this? No, it's all right. We'll get it. We'll get uh, it. He was fantastic. Russell Hornsby. He was Russell fantastic yeah. in this film. And I hope more people go check out the hate you give. I know we got a lot to talk about, so I'm a, I'm gonna cut out there unless Jill has some questions for for our panel. No, I'm, <laughs> I think uh, most of my questions have been answered. I want to get people uh, pumped up to talk about what's coming out this weekend we are lousy with critics here today it's it's a critical infestation (laughs) i've got reggie the real critic ponder over here what's up i got matt baker home from indie outlook and roger ebert.com over here Uh, hey and weekend gabe mendoza right here gabe mendoza i feel like a a celebrity guest you like 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 taking me out of my norms and throwing me in you know fish out of water what happens when you don't go to work Ah, I'm examined. always just trying to get. No, people he's to at leave work. This, this, this is what he oh, do. This is, not this work. is what he do. This is what he do. <laughs> this, this is not work. This is fun. <laughs> now I'm a big Queen fan from way back. Grew up with mm. with the man's music. Was absolutely devastated as a young person when uh, when he passed. When Freddie Mercury passed away, uh, and have as recently as this year. Was it this year? Maybe last year. Saw Queen tour with Adam Lambert and uh, was just in my happy place. So when I found out that this movie was getting made, I was very excited. Uh, I was 
somewhat less excited when Sasha Baron Cohen dropped out of the project, but uh, when Rami Malek picked up the mantle of it, I was like, oh, that could work. So I'm really curious to find out what uh, what the three of you have to say about this this biopic that's getting some mixed reviews. Well, Reggie Ponder, Reggie Ponder got to step out of this one because <laughs> Reggie didn't see I it. I wouldn't say mixed. I think this is being critically savaged right now. Ooh. I think it's getting some of the worst reviews of the year. I saw this film at a press screening with a lot of members of the public there, and people were laughing and cheering throughout the whole thing and gave it a uh, a prolonged applause at the end. I don't know anything about Freddie Mercury and Queen, really. I don't know their backstories, or at least I didn't before I saw this film that immediately did research on them because it made me want to do the research. I just I, I watched the film. I had a good time. I did. I really did. I just I just thought it was an enjoyable crowd pleaser. Uh, Rami Malek's performance is excellent. I really I, th- that's the thing. Even the reviews that are like one star say he does a great job, and yeah. he does. But, I think but, that's worth a couple more but stars. But Matt, frankly. but Matt, my question to you is: You liked? I know why you like this movie. You liked it because of the music. Yes, the music. Obviously, that's the reason people are going to see the movie, mm-hmm. and they make great use of the soundtrack. And here's the thing. This movie ends with a 20-minute sequence that recreates the Live Aid concert the whole film is building up to. And that sequence is worth the price of admission, I think. I think they do a brilliant job with that. I immediately went back and looked up the real footage on YouTube. Mm -hmm. and, uh, And it leaves you on a high. It makes you think the movie's better than it is, quite frankly, because it just ends on such a high note. But here's one example of... I understand the objections a lot of Queen fans have to the film is not only do they not tell you anything you don't already know if you know about Queen, but they give you misinformation. And here's one of the big examples. Mm. They make it so they they basically distort history. So Freddie Mercury gets his um, AIDS diagnosis before the Live Aid concert. Mm -hmm. So it makes it like he's singing like this is going to be the last big performance of his life. And, And I was like moved to tears watching that in the context of the movie. Then I come out and find out, oh, he didn't actually get that diagnosis until two years after. So they're trying to distort. So they're giving you misinformation. So I think probably the more you know about Queen, the less inclined you are to like the film. I'll admit, I enjoyed it when I watched it. That's, I mean, that's fine. Not everybody is going to be a huge Queen fan that walks into this movie. Some people are going to be huge Remy Malik fans. Some people are going to be just huge fans of biopics. Uh, But also, I I think, uh, Jill, is that the music is so iconic, though. Is it's that- a music video. The movie is a music video. That's <laughs> it. It's a fantasy music Say video. Say no more. It's two hours. That's that it. is, uh, I mean, I'm still going to see it mm-hmm. because, yeah. uh, you know, I, 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 I am a huge fan of this music. I like to. It's like an Austin Powers music video because Austin Powers is in the movie. Spoiler. Not Austin Powers himself, but Mike, Mike Myers, Myers doing is- a very Austin Powers-ish you know, and it's of course it's a callback to Wayne's World too because Queen was important to Angel. The whole yeah. thing is a cartoon. But wow. you, you, I know you're gonna go see it because see I it. remember when you went to see Queen. Oh my goodness! Oh, I love you. You were talking on the air like this was gonna be like it for you. You like had died and gone, gone was, to heaven. I was really happy with the uh, the band. Still sounds amazing. Uh, here's the thing about Queen is that it was four guys and. Every single one of them was a hit songwriter, hmm. not just Freddie, uh, yeah. who, who wrote you know uh, the majority of the the more operatic things. But whose bass player is just out here writing another one bites the dust? Like whose mm-hmm. drummer mm-hmm. is out here writing like Killer Queen? Whose guitar player is, is out here writing like Don't Stop Me Now? Like each one of them has such a rich story that they could tell. Brian May is a freaking like 
doctor of like astronomy or something like yeah. that. He's a scientist. And that's what I wanted. And that's the problem, I think, is that I think Sasha Baron Cohen left after having some conflicts with the original band members. They, they didn't like he was going to make it more about Freddie Mercury. It's like, we want to make it all about us. But I think the fact that the band members had such involvement, it really made the film not take any chances. It's a very kind of watered yeah. down. Yeah. Ver- you don't really yeah. get the edge of who these people I are. Could, I could see that. I yeah. could yeah. see that. And so- I think that's probably why Sasha Baron Cohen broke out of it, because he is, mm-hmm. of course, always trying to push the envelope and push people's buttons and when he found out that they were just gonna you know tiptoe around some of the more like hard life stuff stuff that happened he was like eh and then the director Brian Singer kept uh, showing up late to work Uh, at one point he chucked something at Rami Malek's head so they threw him off the set the cinematographer took over direction that they hired a new one three people directed this movie so there was a lot of turmoil yeah how how many guys late I mean directors do you want I mean and so now you've got a kind of a disjointed movie at that point because it's three different people's vision Uh, that's kind of disappointed no I was going to say so does it feel like it's a Freddie Mercury by Pick or is it still kind of like the band itself? Uh, Mercury is definitely the focus, but they try to bring in like the other band members. It's just no one. Th- 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 there's really you just no- don't know them. Yeah, as, you, you just, they're well all kind of ciphers. Yeah. It, it kind of feels. Uh, it kind of feels like you know, like when they did the NWA movie, as like they it was more focused, keyed on like Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, and mm. Eazy-E. But they that's were doing, a much better film, though. Straight Outta Compton is a much better. Film. But they were like trying to. They were trying their best to sort of like include MC Ren and DJ Yella, mm. yeah. like little mm. small parts. Like, but hey, it's over, over here. It's me, MC Ren. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I feel so bad for that because MC Ren's one of my favorite like yeah. artists from the group, and like he had maybe like. 20 words the entire movie sure, yeah. uh, but uh, I, I was wondering if it's kind of like that like you kind of like you kind of just like pop them in like oh yeah we're still here but mm-hmm. there's not enough uh, meat on the script to give them any real meaning to yes. being on screen it just follows that template that they made fun of in that walk hard movie with John C. Reilly it's just but it's it's done straight it's just the conventional <laughs> yeah. biopic formula all of a sudden he starts playing another one bites the dust what a genius like you don't know where it comes from <laughs> it's just kind of like here's the scene you know and that's Tyler it Tyler Perry this week said that he's not going to be making he's going to be making one last Medea movie. He made it already. He made it already. And so, you know what? Black people need to go see funny movies, and Tiffany Haddish is here to pick up that. that there you go. There yeah, you go. so so as you know, uh, Tyler Perry doesn't screen his films. I, I I like Tyler Perry generally because I like what he has done, what he has created. Absolutely. Well, one of the things that we talk about a lot is just having a spectrum of films for uh, people of color. Mm-hmm. And um, this might not be my taste of film. But the fact that that film exists, I'm really, really happy about that. Um, this film is really about, it's not about Tiffany Haddish, in, in fact. It's really about Tika Sumter's character mm. who who um, is really trying to find love. And it's about this whole list thing, about making a list and checking it twice. Uh, oh, is that the Grinch? No. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, but making that list of what do you look for in a mate? And so she's looking for a guy. It looks like she might be catfished. And at the same time, you got uh, Omari Hartwick trying to woo her. And she's like, nah, I don't want that guy. He, he's, he's been in jail. He got maybe baby mama drama. It just doesn't seem like the right guy. So they try to tell this love story there. And then they infuse Tiffany Haddish in there as her sister for the comedic, you yeah. know, uh, relief in the, in the film. 
for me, Tiffany doesn't work here because she's way, way over the top and it's very sexualized uh, and you'll, you'll, you'll see it. Uh, there are some laughs because I saw everybody, uh, not everybody, but a couple people, at least Jill, laughing at some of the stuff. There's some laughs in here mm -hmm. and it's, it's, it's really not bad. But the, the really thing, the good thing that Tyler always does is that he always tries to have a message. He always has a message about something and it really is a message about love, about uh, not not coming in a in a wrapped package that you would be like okay I could just say he looks good he has a good job he he he's, he he treats his mother well he doesn't have any kids you know that type of thing just to say that you know obviously that that's not how this stuff works this is a it it, it gets its groove at the at the last end of the movie and uh I, I think they they used Tiffany Haddish uh, not well in this. Uh, they might have given her some license to go off and ad lib and all of that. It 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 it's not gonna wow you. This is not a movie when you walk out of this film, you're like, oh my goodness, that was the funniest movie I ever seen. Or oh my goodness, I'm I'm so glad that, she, that Tyler Perry taught me about love. This is not one of those those movies. This is for me a matinee movie, and you would be a fool to pay full price for this one. <laughs> that, All right, that's fine. I, it, I like to go laugh in the daytime. But isn't like Tiffany Haddish, like, yes, she had her star is rising, but isn't these kind of movies what brings it down? It's not so much the, the quantity of movies that you're doing to stay in the public eye because she just did uh, Night School with Kevin Hart, which was, uh, what, I don't know if you would say like a minimal success. It debuted at no, number no, one. No, it's a good success. It's still doing well at the at, at box it's, office. It's still moving. If, it still has legs. And, and if if a movie like that does $50 million, so so actually Nobody's Fool has done pretty, pretty darn well. I think it's at 70 or almost eighty million dollars, right? Really? Now. Wow! Okay. Right, right. So, but that was okay. But I, I, I get your point. I think, uh, Gabe, is that you're really saying, uh, can the overexposure bring you down? Right. And and if you pick the wrong roles, I think you're absolutely correct. Well, and also I think that she's started falling into this trap of being like the. I don't want to say like the negative influence who then kind of like has this moral compass that the uh, the lead doesn't see and there's some like wisdom in sort of her street finesse or whatever. I, I just I just feel like I feel like Girls Trip was cool and what she's done since and some of the things that she's been featured in is cool. But I, I just don't see. I just think she's falling into the same trap of repeating herself. Yeah, no. and which will definitely have some downside. Again, stereotype is some kind of abrasive caricature. That's who she was in Uncle Drew, which was a film I enjoyed. Yeah. But it was like I she was again it. miscast in right. that. But but, uh, but like how how like how does that help her lead a movie on her own if she's always sort of as the like I said the comedic uh, the comedic uh, relief uh, to a serious topic? Like how does that help her get into the lead role? I I, I just think that that's a really good question she reminds me in terms of career wise a little bit of melissa mccarthy exactly you melissa know, mccarthy because girls trip was her bridesmaid you she know, was the scene stealer and now we're just gonna, right you know. and, and and that does hollywood really know how to use these unique no. and very what, very was, funny was Whoopi goldberg's uh in there somewhere yeah, she was yeah. in there. i mean and that's yeah. her career follows that same trajectory of this was a really unique town what do you do with it and hollywood didn't know what to do with yeah. it. yeah well so. maybe tiffany haddish will get her color purple before her career is done and <laughs> We'll, we'll get. To, we'll see another side of, of her. And the last thing I want to say, though, I think they did a much better job with Whoopi Goldberg, though, than what I, I, I'm agreeing with you in terms of a, a Tiffany Haddish in a 
and a um, Melissa McCarthy. I don't think they they did a, a good job. Whoopi had some good well, stuff. Whoopi had on. the benefit of starting her career with Color Purple, and then yes. Hollywood just kind of threw a bunch of like, lousy hey, movies. Sure. But, although I do love Sister. But there was and right. right. Don't forget Ghost. Right. And Ghost. I mean, she she had some good she had some <laughs> good stuff to work with. Yeah. I, I I think I just don't think she know, got the role she deserved. No, no, I, I would agree speaking. with I would agree with that as well. Reggie's here, Matt's here, Gabe's here, I'm yeah, yeah. here. We are talking movies. We've got a few minutes left in the show. Matt, rapid fire critics for a minute. Critics for a minute. Check out Paul Dano's movie, uh, Wildlife, with Jake yes. Gyllenhaal and Carrie Mulligan. It's, that's the best film opening I this week, Paul in my opinion. I love Paul Dano. People don't talk about Paul Dano And now. it's his directorial debut, and he does a brilliant job. It's a fantastic movie. And I think Jake Gyllenhaal's given, like, Oscar caliber work in it. So check it out. Paul Dano, check for folks out. who don't know, maybe you would recognize him from Strangers with Candy. He's amazing. Little, <laughs> little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And uh, let's, let's talk a little bit uh, about, uh, you know, we just had Halloween. <laughs> We're gonna have Thanksgiving, but it's never too old to start thinking about Christmas. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was like, wait, this isn't Tchaikovsky. No, no, it's better. Uh. It's Donny Hathaway. And I wish that you had gotten to see two hours of Donny Hathaway singing instead of Nutcracker and the Four Realms. <laughs> this movie. I, okay, whereas I had fun with Bohemian Rhapsody despite all the flaws, I had zero fun with this movie. <laughs> Although it is kind of like Bohemian Rhapsody in the sense you go to the, a movie with the Nutcracker in the title for the music, and yeah. yes, the music is great. Uh, but the plot, kind of like in Bohemian Rhapsody, it's following the formula of every biopic you've ever seen. This film follows the formula that Disney used, their Alice in Wonderland movies, which was also a ripoff of Narnia. It has nothing to do <laughs> with anything. It's just one just hollow cliche after another. I thought it was an awful, awful movie. It actually makes me angrier the more I think about it. Wow. It's the same. It's wow. basically Alice in Wonderland 3. That's it. They take a good actress, they sap her of, of all her talent, they throw her in front of a green screen. Okay, oh, instead of a white rabbit, it's a mouse. You gotta chase the mouse. And instead of the evil queen wow. of it's the evil sugar plum fairy. It's a terrible movie. Wow, wow. So so I I, I, I was... I wasn't yeah. I wasn't in the same in the same hemisphere with Matt. I I mean I didn't love this movie, but I didn't I didn't think it was a terrible movie. I I, I, I thought the plot was 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 bad, but I, I felt that for young folks that this film it will will register, and that is why Disney follows these kind of. Uh, uh, for formulas, yeah, I, I I think it, I, I not not that I think it will register. I know it will register because I saw it and I saw the kids. Is that the kids are walking out talking to their parents like, oh, I like this and I like that or whatever? Because they uh, liked Alice in Wonderland or Star it, Wars, it, everything else it borrowed but from. But is is <laughs> are, are there major flaws in this movie? Yeah. Absolutely. But is this a movie that if you're uh, looking to take your kids to something that they might enjoy and they might get some... What do some, you think of the two some, black characters in this movie, Reggie, who are just in service of the white heroine? How about, how about, how about the black nutcrackers? Just do this for me. Do this. Yeah. Follow me here. Oh, here's Margaret Freeman. Can you fix this? I mean, oh. just, come on. Yeah. It sounds like I, she I, was I got like, angry yeah, watching. Yeah, Two so, minutes away from calling so, 911 on the nutcracker. So, so, uh, so Matt, I, 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 I see that, but, but yeah. there were some other things in there. I, I think because they... Uh, did a a good job with uh, having people of color in the movie. Totally, uh, I, I, I two it, characters. Uh, just, well, well, uh, well. Miss uh, Misty Copeland was uh, in in that film, and she was the lead uh, dancer and uh, lead dancer. The, the, the uh, few scenes of dancing, which, which, I, I, I which see, was which yeah. was absolutely a fan, yes. which was absolutely fantastic. A few scenes of dancing are um, good. 
I do think that they have to figure out that, that you have to figure out in some of these movies like, oh, okay, if I am if I'm if I'm a white character and I'm a white family, how do I infuse uh, diversity in that in, mm-hmm. in, into that without mm-hmm. making that family uh, in, uh, interracial or multiracial? Mm-hmm. Then they do the Godfather thing with Morgan Freeman. That that's not offensive to me. Mm-hmm. Now I, I did feel about the guard being um, mm-hmm. the, nutcracker. The, the the Nutcracker and uh-huh. following her around and just doing what yeah. she wanted to do. I did feel that. Yeah. So I think that your your criticism is is dead on. But the fact that this is not I, I would not recommend this movie for any adult that that. Uh, uh, to say, hey, I need to go see the Nutcracker in the Four Realms. No, they 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 should have made five realms, and they probably should have put this in the fifth, <laughs> in the fifth realm. So so I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on yeah. that one. But but for kids, I think it's a serviceable film. That I, your I don't kids, think it's serviceable. That, it's, this is what I want that, to say. That your kids will enjoy. Yeah. I know they will because okay. I last no. night I was there. Don't bring your kids to this. It's a waste of money. <laughs> Take them to the Joffrey Ballet and see the Nutcracker in the only way it works, which is on stage. They have not made a good movie about the of the Nutcracker yet. They, they, have, they have failed I every agree. time. They failed that, with Macaulay Culkin. They failed with that stupid Nazi rat movie from 2010. You see that? that That's still the worst, by Nazi the way. Nazi rat. But, <laughs> oh, there's Nazi rats. John Turturro plays the Nazi rat king, and he electrocutes uh, a fine. shark while singing. I'm watching it's that incredible. immediately. Fine. After done fine. This he, movie's he, not good. It's he not should good. not have watched America to Me because he is so <laughs> geared up here. America after, to Me is great. Right. After watching America, America to Me, you so geared up that yes. you should not watch anything else, man. <laughs> Is on fire. America to me, see America to me, folks. Defiance. Yeah. So, so next week, Jill, uh, I am going to bring in some interviews from uh, 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 Steve James uh, about America to me. Matt finally saw the whole thing, and because he's here, I was just hoping we could get a a second from him about it. Because you know, I loved it. I I just thought it was so insightful, and it will open up a lot of discussion about race in America. Yes. It. I mean, that's all. That's I think you just said it. It's, it's a 10-part series. It's on Stars. It's by Steve James, who I think is one of our greatest living filmmakers. He did Hoop Dreams and Life Itself and The Interrupters. It's a brilliant film. I watched all 10 parts with my parents. They're the ones DVRing it for me, actually. And so I, when I'd go visit them at home, we'd watch the whole series together. And I'd, my mom, I'd, sometimes she falls asleep and stuff. No, she was wide awake the whole way through. Mm. And, and we would talk afterwards. I mean, the conversations you have, they're in inspired by this show are incredible because he's going into a school that's not your, your typical sort not of, your typical school you no know, no it's you think of this as more liberal or more open-minded but you still see how the racial inequity is still enforced there and it's just how change you bring the change to the table and it just gets ignored time and time again and i think it, it, it's it, it's the themes in this are so universal the, the 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 thing that uh some people have criticism on at least some 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 black folks have criticism mm-hmm. is that they really don't show that successful black family mm-hmm. they don't they 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 sh- they make it seem as if all of the black folks who are at oak park river forest are failing or having problems but there are successful black families yeah. where they graduate so so and i but, think that's but, a but fair I think, they, I think they show the triumphs of the students of the black students i, I mean i mean I, there are some incredible yeah. kids featured uh, I, on I start this. crying there's, there's there's this one girl who's, who's like a poet like a writer like i i would read anything she writes i mean they, 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 they really yeah. yes just incredible yeah kids. Thank you to the three of you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. We, uh, we love having you. This is my favorite thing in the world.